0: what's going on everybody i hope you guys enjoyed your thanksgiving i hope you guys enjoyed your time with family for those who were able to visit them um and for those who weren't you know i understand the times you know they're trying to keep everybody indoors so i pray that you guys are safe but happy thursday you know welcome back to another episode of the Golly dating 101 podcast And you already know that I have, I don't want to say a banger. I feel like one of those 16-year-old YouTubers. (laughs) But I have something we need to address today. And I believe that you should have a Bible ready because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to hear what God is saying through his word. I don't want you to simply even go by what your pastor says. I want you to align what he said, what she said with the word of God. And when you hear these words, I pray that you will take note of them. You will study them, you will pray about it so you don't fall into any type of deception. And I pray that you will be able to prevent others from walking in that as well. Well, so today Um, As you can see from the title, I just want to talk about a huge problem I see in the modern day church. Um, It's clear as day that everyone has their own viewpoint of Christianity, but there is only one Christ, you know, and that is a problem for me. And a, a big issue that I'm seeing is that people want to do whatever they want and they expect God to be pleased with it. They want to sleep with whoever they want they want to drink whatever they want. They want to go to any location that they want. They want to wear whatever they want and at the end of the day, we honestly believe that God is okay no matter what we are doing. Um, you know, let's start this episode off just, you know, with a haymaker. That that is not biblical. There is no such thing as doing whatever you want. And expecting God to be happy with that. Um, And I believe the problem with this mindset is that it causes you to create your own view of God instead of falling in love with the actual Jesus of the Bible. Many of us, we have this little Disney World Jesus in our mind. Everything is happy go lucky. We'll never go through any problems. But the Bible said that all who are godly will suffer persecution. So, I don't get why a lot of people, they feel as though God has forsaken them just because a little battle is their way or just because, oh, I'm sick. If God is a healer, why am I sick? No, God allows certain things. And I feel as though people have this wrong idea of God that once you get saved, that everything is perfect. No, that is not the case. But that that that's a little bit of a deviation of where I'm trying to grow, go today. But the the part I want to focus on is this. It's like, I don't know what church people are going to or what they may actually think of God, but the God of the Bible has a standard. That's what I want. I want every part of what I say today. I don't want it to come across as judgment. I want you to open your eyes that God has a standard. And I know some people are going to hear some of this podcast and they're going to be like, all right, yeah, maybe I'll tune in later and then they won't listen again. But I want those who are listening to fully understand that God has a standard and we cannot change it. Your pastor cannot change it. Your parents cannot change it. Your peers cannot change it. That boy or girl you're trying to hook up with that wants to compromise, they cannot change God's standard. And he doesn't measure you by other Christians because your life is going to be examined by your obedience to his word and your faith in him. None of us on judgment they are showing up with our spouse. We're not showing up with our pastor. We're not showing up with our with our neighbor. No, no, no. You are answering to God for why you chose to live the way you lived. God is either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or I don't even know you, fam. So you go ahead and stand over there. And we already know we're standing over there, putting you off to the side. It's probably going to be ending up. Um, but I want you to hear me. It's like because I view this. I'm in school. I'm finishing um, a degree. Next week, maybe when you listen to this, it's going to be in a week. Uh, And it's like hearing the teacher tell me, Hey, turn in a five page paper. You know, um, the teacher is like, I want it done this way. I want APA format. I want your references, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you decided, I'm going to turn in a one page essay, you know. Surely the teachers, should, you know, why wouldn't the teacher be okay with that? This is your favorite teacher. This is the coolest teacher you have. You know that this teacher is kind. So it's like, all right, I'm just going to turn it one page. I didn't have time to give all five pages. So it's no big deal. You know, she should know you worked hard on that one page. You know, why why is she demanding that those five pages? She should know that one page you slaved away at it. So there's no reason why you should get an F. But no matter how detailed that one page is, did you submit what that, that that teacher required from you? That teacher gave you a standard saying, hey, if you want to pass this class, there's a five-page essay that I want you to do. And you decided, I'm just going to give one page. I'm not going to submit references. Uh, I'm not even going to turn it in the proper way. I'm just going to throw it inside your office, and hopefully you find it when you find it. And that that sounds like something only a foolish person would do, but that is exactly how we treat God. Because you want to turn, if you knew your professor expected you to do something because it's in the syllabus, because the professor told you what you needed to do, you would submit it the way they said because you want to graduate on time. Correct? At least any of us sensible people would say, yeah, um, even if I hated those five pages, I'm gonna, I'm just going to say a whole bunch of nonsense. But that's what we're doing to God. Um, you know, and, and I have a problem with that because God's word is telling us what's expected from us as Christians, but we give him what we want and we expect him to be pleased. You know, if only you could see my facial reaction right now, i probably need to make a YouTube video on this as well. (laughs) That is how we're treating God as though, oh, God is a good God, so I can do whatever I want. God is going to be okay with it. Um, I um, I don't need to obey the word. You know, God is so merciful that I can disobey him and he'll still love me. Um, That is the mindset that some people have. And that's a tragic place to find yourself because we don't want to take our walk with God for granted. And we see This happens pretty much all throughout scripture, people doing whatever they want, especially like Saul, God saying, kill everything. And he's like, oh, I'm going to save some. And God is like, let me remove my spirit from this guy, because clearly you're not after my heart. You're not doing it as I want it. But I want to point your attention to Cain, Cain in Genesis chapter four, because God was not pleased with Cain's offering. You know, He was happy with what Abel gave him, but God was just like, yeah, I don't have any respect for what, what Cain just brought me. And they brought two different types of things because they're doing two different types of jobs. But it appears that Abel gave his best in his offering to God, and Cain may have just gave God whatever he decided he wanted to give God. Um, that's only that's all we can infer from the text. Uh, but you know, we see that God asked Cain, you know, why are you so upset? Don't you understand if you you do what's right, it won't be a problem. But if you're allowing anger and all these things to creep into your heart, sin is at the door. So God told Cain, if you don't do what is expected from you, sin is at the door waiting to take advantage of you. So the moment we start disobeying God, sin is at our door. Sin is already waiting to take over our lives because we already said, you know, I'm not going to submit to God's plan. I'm not I'm going to do whatever I want anyways. You know, and many people, you know, they get envious when God favors you, you know, just like Cain was envious of um, Abel. But not everyone is willing to give God what you've given him. You know, many people they want to see your your they want your blessings, but they're not willing to sacrifice. They want your type of job, but they're not willing to work as hard. They want your type of platform, but not they're not willing to serve people. You know, and this is the problem, you know, because so many of us we're offering God what we want to offer him, but God is saying, No, my standard doesn't leave room for negotiation. If God and, and this is not a uh podcast that pushes legalism or, you know, if you, if you make a mistake, then God is going to send you to hell. No, that's not the case. But God understands when someone is trying and when someone says, yeah, you're just going to take whatever I want, you know, take whatever I give you, you know, that that's, that's like, it's a bad mindset to have with God, because if God has given you everything, God doesn't even ask you to, God just asked for your heart. You know, many times we don't, Well, we don't mind going to church and praising God and jumping up and down and skipping up and down and posting our favorite Bible verse on on Twitter. But when God says, I need you to stop lusting in your heart. Yeah, God, God, that's a little bit too much for me. You know, we don't mind. We don't mind saying amen when the pastor says a good point. But when God says stop gossiping and slandering people in his word. Yeah, God, I I don't know about that. I just want to gossip. I want to slander. You know, we don't say that in our heart, but our actions prove it you know and it was a saying that's been driving me crazy the past few days and obviously most people listening to this podcast they're going to know where I'm coming from but hopefully it's not taken out of context or taken to bash anyone but this saying has been driving me up a wall and getting me absolutely upset living your truth what is living your truth that is the most stupidest. That's the most foolish thing we could be possibly saying. Oh, I'm living my truth. Um, and I've seen people excuse their sin in their personal lives, and they've excused the sin of others because God is quote unquote clearly using them, anyways. You know, so let them live their truth. Um, for one, is God even using them? <laughs> we we like to say God is using someone because they impacted our lives. Um, eh. I'm, I'm a little on the fence there because we get—we are humans. We are emotional, so God doesn't have to do anything for you to be emotional. Because there are a lot of pastors that aren't biblical pastors, and they still move you week after week because they're motivational speakers. So not everyone that that pretends to speak in tongues or anyone jumping up and down or anyone in a long skirt and a hat—that doesn't mean God is with them. And I want to really talk about what does God's word say about these type of situations. Because Proverbs 14 and 12 says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, Proverbs says, yeah, you can think God is pleased. You can think everything you're doing is right to God. But that pathway just leads you to destruction. It leads you to a downfall. It's not necessarily anything you're doing that's pleasing God. So you can't necessarily take that as a a winner. You can't assume what you're doing is pleasing God because God may not be pleased with your actions. You know, so I want to talk about how people can get deceived by deceived by these things, because I believe we as Christians, we pay attention to people's gifts and talents and we judge them according to how gifted they are. We judge them according to how talented they are rather than their heart and their lifestyle, you know, because all of us listening to this podcast and me, you know, speaking on this podcast, we're all God's children. I get that. And God anoints all of his children and blesses us with varial, various things spiritual gifts, you know, to um, to bless the body of Christ. You know, he gives us these gifts to edify the body, you know, so none of us are not useful in some way, right? The Bible says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, for the gifts and calling of God are with, without repentance. And what that means is, it means that the gifts of God are the gifts that God places inside of you are irrevocable. If God placed a gift inside of you to, you know, sing like an angel, He's not going to remove that gift just because you're not living for Him, or even a spiritual gift, just because you have a, a gift of prophecy, a gift of tongues, or word of knowledge, or, um, you know, whatever it is that God have God has placed in you. Just because you're not pleasing Him that day doesn't mean God is going to take away His gift. You know, so I think a lot of people. We judge people by their actions, but God is like, that's not necessarily how my anointing works on your life, you know, because you can still be gifted and not have a proper relationship with God. Let's process that. You can still be called by God. God can still have a purpose for your life. That doesn't mean God is pleased with you. You know, <laughs> what, what, what this is showing us is that God can still say to you on judgment day, depart from me. I never knew you. And that, and he's going to, and a lot of people, I think when you say this, people think you're just trying to scare people away from hell. No, no, no I'm not trying to scare you away from hell, but if it works, then God is good. Um, but there were some religious people on judgment day when Jesus is giving a parable and he tells them, depart from me, I never knew you. And they're like, but God, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we preach? Didn't we do all this in your name? And God is, God was looking at him like, I never knew you. And that shows me that he wasn't talking to people in the world. He was talking to people in the church, which shows me, there are a lot of us that attend church and we think because we attend church, we're shouting, we're jumping, we're dancing. Yeah, we have our Christian playlist. Yeah, I got I got um, Jesus loves me tattered on my forearm. So therefore, I'm a Christian. God says a lot of people that are doing a lot of religious things that aren't having a re- that do not have a relationship with me. And I don't want that to be to be you. And listen, I understand that everything isn't popular. I know everything I say isn't popular, but you guys have enough popular podcasts to listen to already. You have a lot of cute people lying to you, telling you, oh, God is good. You know, let's have mercy and grace and God is just so good and do whatever you want. And you're going to go to heaven. You already have all those lying prophets all over podcasts, all over YouTube already. So if you want to feel good word, you know, I understand that this may not be it, but I am here to change and to challenge the the, the 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 atmosphere coming up against the church because I need us to stop being deceived. So I know it doesn't always feel good, but I want my brothers and my sisters to grow spiritually. And I have to be real with you all because this is a ministry for me. A lot of people view you guys as a means of gain they view you as let me just post the right thing on social media and then i oh okay they'll buy my program you know we're not selling any programs hopefully one day we're, we're doing more on a page because I, I would love to me and my wife to be able to just fully serve in ministry full-time but there are a lot of people that that say certain things because it boosts their platform i want you to understand that it's not that the person preaching to you or speaking to you on a platform believes that everything they're saying is God's will for your life. No, they know that if I say this, you'll be happy because I'm promising you a spouse or because I'm doing this, you know, but I want you to know that Safa and I view this as a ministry to pour into the body of Christ. You know, so we're not going to take this as a joke. But before we go forward in this episode, I want to give a shout out to BetterHelp um, for sponsoring this episode. If you don't know about BetterHelp, they're a resource that I love to tell you guys about because you and I both know that Christians don't always prioritize mental health. You know, we, we we just view it as, oh, be spiritual and you'll be fine. When in reality, you know, it takes more than that. You have to prioritize, you know, your health. You have to prioritize how you are emotionally and mentally. And these people in BetterHelp are here. These therapists are here to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You know, you'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment. Your counselor can be contacted at any time. You know, it's something that can be done online, virtually, phone calls, video calls. So don't think that you're not going to be safe, you know, in these times going on. You can contact them at any time. So if you're facing depression, stress, any type of anxiety, anger, you know you're dealing with some type of trauma that you're trying to get resolved. Be sure, excuse me, um, to check out BetterHelp. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you're someone that's feeling burdened down right now, I want you to enjoy a more blessed, a stress-free life. You know, a life that you're moving your burdens off of your shoulders. And as one of our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month. So go ahead and do that by visiting betterhelp.com slash godly. And you can join over 1 million people today that are taking charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. So in regards to people's gifts and talents, there are some things that I want you to understand about being gifted or anointed by God. Number one, and if you're writing, I want you to write down these as well. Number one, your calling from God doesn't excuse your lifestyle. Just because, just because someone is in ministry and it blesses you, that doesn't mean their lifestyle is pleasing to God. Just because if you're listening to this, just because you sing like an angel, and every time you sing in church, people just passing out, speaking in tongues and crying. And that does not mean God didn't see the perversion that was leading up to the service. That doesn't mean that God is ignorant of the porn, of the lust, of the the, the hatred in your heart, the unforgiveness in your heart. That doesn't mean that God is ignorant of any of these things because you're effective. You know, that being effective in ministry has nothing to do with your walk with God. I, I, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, a person that's close to God is going to be effective in ministry because they have a servant's heart. But just because you're doing something for God doesn't mean you're doing something with God. So we always have to be careful not to simply be ministry minded instead of being relationship minded. Um, because I want, I think if we look at it this way, we can be more understanding. Many of us, we wouldn't go to a church that the pastor was sleeping with girls, right? If we found out our pastor was, you know, man, pastor, you know, just flirted with my wife. I ain't going back to this church. This is a joke, church. Or this person is gambling with our money. So you mean to tell me, I just worked hard. I just gave my 10% or my whatever for my offering and my tithe. And you really went and you gambled the church money. You know, you'd probably say, you know what? All right, I'm out. This church is a joke. I'm not playing with these guys. These guys are clowns. You wouldn't come back, right? So why do we entertain a musician or a singer that lives a life that God is against? Why is it that we we are quick to bash a pastor who is walking in sin, but the moment our favorite praise and worship leader is living in blatant sin, we 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 turn we turn a blind eye to it? Oh, God is merciful, no big deal. Or if we thought, man, even about ourselves, man, we find out, oh, I, I, man, I was just having sex before service. I don't need to be up on that praise team. God forgive me. I need to sit down right now and we need to repent. So if you are out there having sex, shouldn't it be the same standard for others? Like I need to get my spirit right before I try to lead people because I have a hard time understanding why we think because we're anointed, that means we can live however we want. That's not what the Bible says, you know, and there's no such thing as living your truth. Stop encouraging people to live their truth. Truth is not personal. It is not something that you can ever make subjective. You cannot have your own personal truth. You cannot get to say, this is my truth. You go ahead over there with your truth. You know what? We're all just going to live our truth and all serve the same God at the end of the day. No. No, baby, we're not serving the same God. The God that I serve is Jesus Christ. The God that I serve sits on a throne and his throne does not let me go out and go cheat on my wife and then go offer up a praise to him. No, his 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 um, standard says I need to turn away from that and I need to re- love my wife. I need to love his word. I, I don't get to just watch porn and preach the word of God. I don't get to just lie on my brothers and sisters and then go ahead and sing and, and say how God is so anointed and God is so merciful. No, no, no. There's a difference between making a mistake and there's a difference between that and living in sin. And there's so many people that are living in their sin and they want, it, they want to say it's my truth. No, truth is objective. What makes truth, truth? What what makes it truth is because it cannot be changed. It has to be according to the will of God. It, can, it has to be according to what God's standard is. And we cannot have our own truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. You know, so if you think you're going to do something anti-Christ, and then say it's your truth. No, you are in deception. So please do not think any of these celebrities should lead. Don't let these these celebrities lead you astray because it's one thing to fall into sin. It's another thing to make a mistake. But I will not sit by idly while these celebrities lead you guys to hell because they're blatantly disrespecting the word of God and thinking they can do whatever they want because they can speak in tongues. Listen, bro, you're, you're speaking in tongues is not pleasing anyone, you know, because if God is not with you, then then all you're doing is just a circus act. It's not the anointing. Number two, God isn't impressed by your gifts. You know, I may have burst someone's bubble, but I needed to let you know that because for whatever reason, people have the impression that, you know, they just have God jumping up and down like God is, ah, look at my baby, look at my baby down there singing. No, God isn't impressed by your gifts. God, God gave you those gifts for the body of Christ. <laughs> it's not necessarily um, so he could be happy. You know, it, God said, these things that I place in you are for my glory, you know, it's so you can bring his kingdom down on earth. But you're not impressing God just because you sang good, because if you didn't sound good, God is still with you. You know, so don't think that God is with you because of your gifting. And God is the type of God that will allow you to work and you'll still not be pleased with your lifestyle. So God is not going to people think, oh, God, if God, if there's any sin in me, strike me down right now. God is not trying to strike you down. God is merciful. He's not trying to kill you. He wants you to repent, you know, and I think people aren't really aware of how God will allow them to work. But he'll still allow you to go to hell because of your blatant rebellion. We cannot assume we have a walk with God because we go to church. Going to church does not mean you have a walk with God. You need a relationship with him. You need a personal relationship with him. You know, because your gifts aren't meant, your gifts aren't for you. They're for him, they're for um, the body of Christ. Your gifts are to help others. Let me show, let me read you. I'm going to read this in the NLT because the King James might confuse some of you. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 to the end, it says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training, they do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So I don't know if people understand what that verse is saying. So let's 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 just break it down for a quick second. Paul knew as anointed as he was, as great as he was, the amount of miracles he's done, the amount of times he's laid hands on people and they were healed, the amount of times they have prayed with people and they received the Holy Ghost, the amount of people he preached over and they got baptized in the name of Jesus, the amount of churches he started and souls he's won for the kingdom. He knew that he could still preach and his lifestyle not be pleasing to God. Guys, please understand that he knew that he could, he said, I could still be disqualified. King James Version believes it says I would be a castaway, meaning, just because God didn't expose the secret sins does not mean he is okay with them. Just because you are preaching and everyone knows you and you have a platform, just because Godly Dating has blah, 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 X amount of followers, that does not mean I don't need to try to live an upright life. I don't mean I don't need to seek God personally every single day. You know, we must live disciplined lives as believers, not because you can earn your way into heaven, but because you can easily walk straight into hell thinking that you're saved. I think a lot of people, they hear me say things like this and they're thinking, oh, you're trying to say you're you're saved by works. No, the Bible says, show me your faith. (laughs) Um, James said, "Faith without works is dead, which means you can't say you love God and your lifestyle isn't changed. You can't say you're a preacher and you're still living like the world. You can't do any of these things. and, And then you're not moved. You're not changing. I'm not saying you can't have fun. I'm just saying this means that you can't be having fun by going back towards sin in order to have that fun. No, God is calling you out of it. Number three, I want you to write this one down as well. Grace is for you to rise out of sin, not for you to be comfortable inside of it. (sighs) Listen to me, guys. Grace is not for you to stay in sin. Many of us, we talk about how merciful Jesus is but that doesn't mean our actions are pleasing in his sight. And and I don't know how much I can emphasize that. It's just sad that this even needs to be said. You know, let's think about the woman caught in adultery, you know, Jesus. saw whoever, you know, doesn't have any sin throw the first stone because they, they wanted Jesus to condemn her. They wanted Jesus to, to, you know, kill her off. And, you know, why are you sinning? They didn't even want to condemn the man, which is a story within itself, which is absolutely sad. Um, but after Jesus said, if you don't have any sin, you could go ahead and throw the first stone. All of the men left. You know, so Jesus looks at the woman. It's like, hey, where the brothers go? You know, don't people that want to stone you? And she's like, I, you know, I don't know, God, they left. You know, and God is like, I don't condemn you either. Right. And we preach this Jesus. God doesn't condemn us. Ah, Whatever, because I committed fornication that you're trying to say I'm going to hell. Oh, because I lied one time. You saying I'm going to hell. And, you know, we get we get so defensive and we want to debate and we want to argue and we want to say Tavares is so legalistic and do all of that. But have we ever finished the rest of that verse? Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You know, so people love to preach to Jesus that restored the woman, you know, and we should. Restoration is needed in the body of Christ. But why do we avoid a part when he told her to change her actions? Jesus didn't say go back to that, that relationship that you were in adultery with. No, he said go and sin no more. He didn't say go back to that lying, like lying lifestyle. He said go and sin no more. He didn't tell you to go back to your homosexual relationship because I'm going to love you anyways. No, he said go and sin no more. He didn't tell her. Oh, baby, it's going to be easy. No, but he told her, go and sin no more, which means that he was going to give her the grace to rise out of that situation. Many of us, we don't understand that God is not simply simply taking us out of sin. Um, God is not simply forgiving our sin. He's trying to pull us out of it. And if you're trying to remain in your sin, then that either shows one, you're not saved or two, you're not taking your walk with God seriously. Because I don't care how anointed you are. If your actions aren't pleasing God, then your anointing is not pleasing God. That doesn't mean anything. Let's look at um, a couple more verses that I want to read. And I know I'm hitting you guys with a lot of verses, but I want you to understand that this is not me. This is not me saying this. And I'm doing a lot of these from the NLT because I want to make it as plain as possible because I read King James. A lot of people make it seem like they don't understand. You know, maybe I'm a Shakespeare lover. I don't know. But Titus chapter two, verses 11 through 14 says, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. If you follow us, you've probably seen the Golly Dating Insta story. So I shared a little bit in my Insta story, but I'm basically repeating it now. Grace doesn't simply pardon you from sin. It should be removing you from sin. You know, grace teaches us to pursue after God, not continue in this world. The Bible says that it just mentioned that He did this to give His, He gave His life to free us from every kind of sin. So I know you guys only want to condemn the homosexual and the fornicator, but He gave His life to free you from gossip. He gave His life to free you from bitterness. He gave His life to free you from from all kind of hatred and envy. You know, and all these things. But He did that, and He cleansed us. To make us his very own people. So if your life isn't being cleansed, you are not God's people. You're not God's child. If you are not submitted to the, the will of God, you cannot say, Oh, God is my daddy, but I ain't going to listen to nothing he says. Come on now. <laughs> How does that even work? Um, another verse in, before we move on Romans 6, Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Paul, Paul is literally answering my entire podcast right here. He said, are we supposed to keep sinning since, you know, when we sin, we get grace? He said, God forbid, how are you supposed to be dead, dead to sin and keep living in it? You know, he said, when you are baptized into Christ, you are baptized into his death. And many of your churches tell you, oh, baptism is just an outward show of an inward profession and you don't need to do it. But Paul is saying, When you get baptized, you get baptized into God's death. He's not saying nothing is an outward show. You're you're dying to yourself. You're dying to your old ways. And now you're rising with Christ. That's why when you get baptized, your sins are washed away. And the old you is getting buried in that water. You know, so when we talk about baptism, You know, in the name of Jesus, that's not something I want you guys to ever ignore. If you ever want a Bible study for me to teach you on baptism, please reach out. I love to teach you guys. If you're ever in my area, I would love to baptize some of you guys. But please understand that when we get baptized in the name of Jesus, we're we're dying to our old ways. We shouldn't be trying to live in it. And lastly, on number four, I want to say this. um, And I know it may come as a. uh, Let's just go with it. Loving your brothers and your sisters in Christ does not mean accepting their sin. Um, I think a lot of times we are so, we we, we, we want to love people. We don't want to be seen as judgmental. So we overlook their sin. We overlook their worldliness. We overlook their, their you know, their lifestyle. But God is saying that's not, that's not the case. Proverbs 27 and 5 says, open rebuke is better than secret love. You know, so I'm not saying this is like, oh, go on, go and blast somebody on Instagram. You know, rather than love him in private, you know, that's, I don't believe that's what it means. I believe it's saying it's better to have someone correct you instead of just loving you and not speaking up when you're wrong. Everything you do. Oh yeah, that's so cool. You know, instead of telling you, hey, you could have did this better, you know, and I think. It's difficult because a lot of Christians, they, they, you know, a lot of people that say they're Christians, they don't read their Bible, you know, and then you'll get a lot of people in your comment section or arguing with you, and they're like, the Bible says we shouldn't uh, judge people, blah, blah, blah. You know, but the Bible says we are to judge. It just says we shouldn't condemn. God is the only one who can sentence you. We are supposed to be a help, hold, hold, hold one another accountable. John chapter 7 and 24 says, judge not according to the appearance but judge righteous righteous judgment. So we should be judging in a healthy manner. We shouldn't be condemning people, but we should be holding one another accountable because you shouldn't see, you shouldn't ignore ignore when you see me walking away from God. You have to be willing to restore me in love, restore that person in love. If they don't want to listen, that's God they have to deal with. You know, They have to deal with him on judgment day if they want to continue in sin, they want to be rebellious, but it is not up to me to accept your lifestyle. I should not be saying, hey, man, you know, you know what? I'm gonna let you go ahead and be gay because you're anointed. You know, what? I'm gonna go ahead and and, and let you keep gossiping because God's hand is on you. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and let you be rebellious and disobey the word of God because I know you're called to preach. No, that's not how the Bible works, you know? So we cannot do that. James chapter five, verse 19 through 20 in the ESV says, my brothers, if any among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back. Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save a soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. A lot of times we talk about how love covers a multitude of sins and it does. That is biblical. But you do know that the Bible also mentions that you should be helping to restore that person back from their lifestyle. It doesn't say ignore their sin. That's not what covering a multitude of sin is. It's just a matter of, oh, you're not exposing them. You're trying to bring them in and let them know that God still cares. But don't think that Just because you love someone, you have to let them continue living however they want. That's not that's not God's will. That's not God's plan. You know, so I know that this episode was a bit of a, you know, (laughs) bit of an intense one. But I want to say I wanted to share this because I believe that it's needed for the body of Christ. You know, let's not only follow God when it's convenient. Let's not only follow God when we want to. But we need to pursue after him in his word and not simply do as we please. We can't just do as we please and expect God to be pleased with it. It didn't work out with Cain. It didn't work out with Saul. It didn't work out with Gehazi, who who was only following Elisha for some uh, monetary gain. It didn't work out for people who were doing these things for the wrong reasons. We have to pursue God out of love for him. Pursue God because we want him. Pursue God because we need him. Cause salvation doesn't simply come by a prayer and a mindset like no being born again means a new way of life it means allowing god to change you from the inside out so my encouragement to you today is let's submit to his will let's turn back from our evil ways all of us not just you me as well let's pursue after him let's not live in our truth because we don't have a truth we can never get a truth let's pursue after him in his truth and his word is truth. Be blessed, family. I love y'all, and I'll see y'all next Thursday. Oh, before I go, check out Patreon. All right, peace.